Destiny Christian Centre presents Dr. Jerome Inekwe. Dr. Jerome is a dynamic and gifted communicator who teaches the Word of God with authority and power. We invite you to listen and be blessed by this message. specific to this but it's relevant because this is the main thing that everybody is watching and things are being shaped around but these principles I believe are helpful for us not just today but throughout our walk together throughout our Christian lives say amen if you believe that today and so we pray that this word will be a blessing to everyone here a blessing to those of you that are watching online and blessing to anyone who may watch us later I've always believed that God has given us a word, not just for the four walls that we pastor, but as a voice to the body of Christ and to the nations. In times like these, it's important for us to be able to share that word with the wider body. So let's pray and then we'll open the word of God today. Father, we thank you for this time in your presence. Thank you, Father, that you are still in control, that you are on the throne. Thank you, Father, that the earths may shake and the mountains may quake thereof, but you, Lord, are still on the throne. Father, we commit this time into your hands. We pray for your anointing to speak this word. Thank you also for anointing every person to hear, to understand, and to do what your word is saying. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We acknowledge you. We can't do it without you. We thank you that you will speak through me. Touch and heal and restore. And whatever is wrong, we praise you and thank you by faith that you will set right. Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory this morning in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen this morning. Amen. Everybody said amen this morning. Amen. All right, come on now. You're going to be uh, helping not just us here in London, but everybody else that will be watching us. Psalm 46. Let's speak this morning concerning how to live free from fear. Living free from fear and victorious in these days let's lay this foundation this is where our starting point is in the midst of everything that's happening psalm 46 let's read from verse 1 it says god is our refuge and strength say amen today somebody god is our refuge and our strength and ever present help in trouble God, he says, this is the framework, this is our foundation, this is our building block. 
in the midst of everything that's happening in the world, in the midst of the fear and the panic and the anxiety and the unknown and the worry about tomorrow of what it may bring in the midst of everything that we are facing as believers, how can we have a biblical perspective? How can we have stability in the midst of it all? How can we have wisdom and a way in the midst of everything that is challenging the world at large? Here is our foundation. Here is our stability. Here is our basis and our starting point. That God is our refuge. God is our strength. He is the ever-present help in times of trouble. The psalmist said in Psalm 121 that he doesn't sleep or he doesn't slumber. He says the sun shall not strike you by day or the moon by night. For the Lord, he says, shall watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. Psalm 125, he says, they that trust in the Lord, they are like Mount Zion, who shall not be moved. They abide and stand forever. He said, though the mountains may shake around about Jerusalem, the Lord will uphold his people. He said, the scepter of the wicked shall not fall upon the land that has been allotted to the righteous. Because God is our refuge. God is our strength. He's the ever-present. Listen, coronavirus didn't take God by surprise. He didn't wake up all of a sudden and just scratch his head and think, oh my goodness, we're going to scramble something here to sort this out. He's ever-present. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's the Lord our God who changes not. The same yesterday, today, and forever. So someone may ask you, what's the reason of your confidence? What's the reason of your sureness? What's the reason why you are speaking boldly? It's because my confidence doesn't come from myself. This is frailty. This is, this is earthen vessels. This is clay. But our confidence comes because we trust in our God who's never failed us. Say amen, somebody. Our refuge, our strength. An ever-present help. Therefore, therefore, we will not fear. You missed a good place to say amen this morning. We will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the sea, though the waters may roar and foam and the mountains may quake with their surging. Got a question for you. Have you ever woken up and seen mountains fall into the sea? Have you ever woken up and seen mountains foaming and surging? No, we haven't. God is saying the day that happens, that's when you can begin to doubt me. The day the earth may depart and the mountains fall into the sea, Isaiah 54 and 10. That's when you can begin to worry. That's when you can begin to doubt. That's when you can begin to question your mind, question your head and think, is God still there? But nothing's going to happen. Amen. That's never going to be the place. So until you see that day, you can rest. You can relax. He is in control. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way, mountains fall into the heart of the sea. And though the waters roar thereof, and the mountains shake. Because there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the Most High dwells. God is in the midst of her. And she will not fail. Lift your hands up say, in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare today. Me. Come on, say me. My family. 
and my household will not fail. Hallelujah. Because God will help her at the break of day. Are you with me here today? Let's just bounce into it here today. Come on, we're teaching not just for ourselves, but for every person that watches us, that connects to us, and God gives us the privilege to bless and to speak right across the world. How can we live free from fear in the midst of everything that's taking place? I'm going to give you some principles, some keys. We share them in a few places, but our trust is going to be a blessing for every one of us once again. Number one, number one, invoke the power of the Passover meal. Write that down. Invoke the power of the Passover meal. That's taking communion. Like we did this morning here as a church. Like we did last week when we gathered. Take communion. Invoke the power of the Passover. You know it's said of some of the most powerful, some of our forefathers who were powerful in God. One of the keys, one of the tips, one of the principles that they lived by was they broke bread daily. They took communion daily for themselves. There is power that comes about when you invoke the Passover meal. Let's turn again to Exodus chapter 12, please. We read it this morning, those of us here live in Acton. But for those of you who will be watching us later on, we shared it earlier as we took communion. But let's read that passage once again. Because I believe it will be a blessing and helpful for us to see the revelation That the word of God contains. Regarding the whole aspect of the Passover meal. How can we live free from fear? Especially in the light of everything that's happening. We said invoke the power of the Passover meal. Take communion regularly. On a daily basis if you want. But as often as you eat this bread. He says you do remember the sacrifice. As often as you gather. You remember in Exodus chapter 12, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is for you to be in the first month of the first month of the year. And tell the whole community of Israel that I, on the tenth day of this month, they are to take a lamb, each for his family, each for his household. If any does not have, they must share with their neighbor and take into account the number of people there. The animals you choose, verse 5, must be a year old without defect and take them from the sheep of the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month when the people of the community and the Israel must slaughter it at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of their houses when they eat these lambs. Verse 12. On the same night I will pass through Egypt and I will strike down every firstborn, both man and animals, and I will bring judgment, execute judgment, he said, on all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. Hallelujah and amen. First thing I want you to notice, God said that he will execute judgment on the gods of Egypt. So there were demonic powers, God's small G's, that was working behind the oppression, working behind the bondage, working behind the suppression of the children of Israel. And just like there are small g, gods of this world, 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 teaches us, behind the scenes, trying to bring people into bondage, trying to bring people into fear. When you take communion, you invoke the power of the Passover, and God strikes to the root, as it were, of those things, the gods that are behind them, executing judgment on them, just like they were judged at Calvary 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah and amen. We recognize and we remember 1 Corinthians chapter 5 teaches us that Christ 
has become our Passover lamb. He is a symbol of that lamb that was slain, that lamb that was killed in the book of Exodus. The blood, he says, shall be a sign. The blood, he says, shall be a sign. So that when I see the blood, I will pass over Egypt and any destructive plague that would look to attack the children of Israel had no power because the blood was against them. Can you say amen today? The blood was against them. So every time you take communion, you reactivate the covenant of that communion, the covenant that God had with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and through us, because we are in Christ, we are Abraham's seed. Hallelujah. So how can we live free from fear? Number one, take communion regularly. Activate the power, glory to God. Activate the power of that Passover meal. You remember, when God said, I will execute judgment over them, the things that took place. The Bible says that he brought them out with silver and gold. So he executed judgment against financial bondage. It says that there was not a feeble one amongst them. This is Psalm 66. He brought them out with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble one amongst them. So when God executed judgment against them, he executed judgment against sickness. Are you seeing the connection here today? Executed judgment against the gods, small g, behind every sickness, behind every disease, behind every plague, behind every coronavirus. Just turn with me very quickly, Isaiah chapter 53. Let's look at the redemptive chapter of Isaiah 53. And in verse 4, God writes and says through the prophet, surely. Someone say surely. surely. Come on, say it again. Say surely. surely. Absolutely. That word surely he's put there is as an emphasis. It's like a, a, a double affirmative for us to know and for us to be confident. Surely he took upon, he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. In the King James Version, it says, Surely he bore our sicknesses, I believe, and he carried our sorrow. He bore our griefs and he carried our sorrows. The word grief and sorrow there that they translate into our English is the Hebrew word makov and koli. Makov, M-A-C-O-B or C-O-V and koli, C-H-E. L-O-L-I. He bore our makovs and our colis. Those That means our sicknesses and our diseases. Our makovs and our colis. He bore them on the cross. He carried them. And as he was smitten, as he was stricken, as he was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was laid upon him. That by his stripes we are healed today. Hallelujah. Because of the vicarious substitution on Christ, of Christ on the cross, he bore our makovs, he bore our callings, so that we can be free. Amen. Amen. You don't sound too convinced or excited. Say amen somebody today.
Praise God. How can we live free in this time? Go with me, Isaiah chapter 8, please. Isaiah chapter 8. Hallelujah. And when we study, go back to Isaiah 53, that redemptive chapter of the Word of God, when we study it in the Amplified, it's amazing. I believe from verse 7 through 10, I don't know if we have the Amplified version on our, on our scriptures that can be played on the screens, but it actually says that it pleased the Father to make him sick on our behalf. Can you imagine that in your mind? That for our sake, it wasn't that God was getting a kick out of it, but because of his sole love for you and I, he was pleased in order to redeem us by making Christ sick. Isn't that something? He was pleased that in order for him to redeem us, in order for us to live free from coronavirus, in order for us to live free from sickness and disease, in order for us to be free from infirmities, free from guilt, free from shame, free from fear, free from anxiety, free from depression, free from every oppression. The father, he looked at it and he says, it's more pleasing to me for my son to be made sick, for my son to be put on sickness, to be marred beyond recognition, such that there was no comeliness, no attractiveness, so that men had to look away. Such had sin marred his face. He looked at it and he said, it's more pleasing that that happened. Why? So that you and I can sit here today and declare his word and be free from all of the fear and everything that the devil is trying to put on people. Somebody shout amen and give God praise for that today. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap and give him praise today. Hallelujah. I think about that as a father. I think about that myself as a parent, as a father. How to redeem children later on. Some of them who don't even know you. Some of them who reject you. Some of them who decide that you don't, you don't, you're not going to be their God, their dad. I would look at one of my natural children here today and put them through so much torture for the benefit of someone tomorrow. Can you imagine that? That's what God did for you and I. That he took his only beloved son, his prototokos, his feels unique, his only begotten son, made him that because on the, on the, on the, on the, on the promise, on the hope that we would receive him later on. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Help me bless him. Help me thank him this morning. I don't know if I've you, but when I think about that, when, when, when I sit and meditate and I begin to see again what it is, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. No wonder the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 4 and 8 through 18, he said that perfected love drives out all fear. Perfected love casts fear out. Perfected love. We read that scripture and we misinterpret it. We think it's our love that's going to be perfect towards him. And when our love, so we can somehow make our love for him be perfected. If we can somehow get to him, then that means it can drive out all fear. No, no, no. We got it the wrong way around. He said, because my love for you is so perfect. Because my love and my heart for you is so perfected. You have no reason to fear. It drives out. It removes. It casts out fear. Are you with me today? Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 8, please. Let's look at this passage. How can we live free from fear? 
to A, please. Let's read from verse 11. What did God say? The scripture said, The Lord spoke to me, this is Isaiah, with his strong hand upon me, warning me not to follow the ways of this people. With a strong hand, warning, saying not to follow the ways of these people. Do not call, verse 12, conspiracy, everything that these people call conspiracy. Hello, somebody. So you're gathering at work now and you're, you know, you're, you're become Mr. Google. You Google all the conspiracy theories now and you're passing it all around the whole office about coronavirus. Ah, I heard, I heard there was a laboratory. Ah, I heard that it came from China. Ah, I heard, you're Mr. Conspiracy. Ah, this is Illuminati. Ah, I've heard, this is, oh, come on now. God be careful now. He said, don't call conspiracy. Because why is breeding fear? Are you with me? It's invoking and stoking up fear. Don't call conspiracy what they call conspiracy. And do not fear what they fear. Underline that in your Bible. Do not fear what they fear. Neither be in fear of what they fear. Nor make others afraid and in dread. Are you with me here today? Principle number two. Don't fear what they fear. Hallelujah. Don't fear what they fear. Don't fear what they fear. Fear, we understand, is the spirit that the enemy wants to use. And God, he says, has not given us the spirit to fear. I was sharing with our church here earlier in our communion part of our service that one of the things I felt God's spirit say to me that the enemy is wanting to do in this whole realm of coronavirus is because there's unleashed such a spirit of fear amongst the world, amongst people, that the enemy will use that entrance point into people's lives and what will be like an open door, allowing him now to come in and wreak havoc on people's life. Because fear is an open door into the enemy. Do you remember Job chapter 3? The thing I feared greatly is come upon me. Fear opened the door. Fear was the access point. And so the enemy may use Fear, he may use coronavirus to be an access point into fear into people's lives. And then months later, you find a whole heap of things open up in your situations. And you wonder, where did it come from? It's because we gave him an access point through the doorway of fear. Somebody shout, no fear. Shout it again, no fear. One more time, shout, no fear. He said, don't fear what they fear. Are you with me here today? There's forces working in the earth. The force of faith and the force of fear. Fear will connect you to the devil. Faith will connect you to God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Fear comes by hearing also and hearing the word of the devil. Are you hearing me today? Hearing the word of the devil. That's why you've got to be careful. That's why you don't join the conspiracy boys. That's why I don't peddle all the internet acts, you know, all the Google theories and everything else because it's invoking fear and it's connecting you to the spirit of fear. Hallelujah. Doesn't mean you're not wise, doesn't mean you don't research, doesn't mean you have wisdom, but with all of the information you receive, balance it with the Word of God. Get wisdom from the Word of God. Understand from the Word of God. Because God's telling us not just what's happening now, but he'll also speak to us of what's happening aforetime. Are you with me here today? Look with me, Isaiah chapter 26, very quickly. If we can read that from the Amplified, that'll be helpful. Isaiah 26 and 3, what does it say? He says, thou shalt keep him in perfect peace, 
the man whose mind is stayed on him. You will keep him in perfect and constant peace. The man whose mind, whose inclination and his character is stayed upon him because he commits himself to you. He leans on you and that man hopes confidently in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to be careful and we've got to live in these days free from fear. Number three, what can help us? I was encouraging our people, anoint your home, anoint your loved ones with oil. You can anoint your home, anoint your loved ones with oil. David said Psalm 23, just turn there with me as well. Psalm 23. And verse 5 and 6, he said, you anoint my head with oil. Let's read Psalm 23 from verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Look at that. In the midst of hysteria and panic and fear gripping people's hearts, God's preparing a table for his people. Preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Now anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows and look what happens after the anointing. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow after me. Hallelujah. Not coronavirus. Not fear. Will follow after you. No, you anoint your head with oil. Activate what the word says. Set goodness and mercy to begin to follow after you. All the days of your life. And he said, I will dwell in the house of our God forever. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Number four principle that will help us. Exercise your oneness with Christ. Your oneness with Christ. I want to read you these scriptures if you'll permit me. John chapter 17. Hallelujah. exactly where it says it. I don't want to just quote it, but I'll find it for you. Maybe I'll quote it and someone can just help me find it. Jesus praying in John chapter 17. We're talking about exercising our oneness with Christ. He's saying, Father, the work that you have given me here on earth, I have completed. Glorify me in your presence since the world began. The one that I have before the world began, I've revealed them unto you and they are yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now that they know everything, this is John 17, I've given them your words. Praise God, I've given them your word. Glorify them and glorify me. I pray for them and I pray, he says, so that they would know that you have loved me and loved them, sorry, with the same love thou hast loved me. Hallelujah. 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 
My prayer for them is that they would know that you love me and you love them in the same way thou hast loved me. Praise God. He's praying for us to have a revelation that we are one with the Lord. Amen, amen. I shared this with us the last time. He says, whoever is joined with the Lord is one spirit unto the Lord. You remember Ephesians chapter 1. I'm sorry I'm going to give you many scriptures in this manner. But he said, the eyes of your understanding be open and enlightened. You may know the hope of his calling. The glorious inheritance we have as saints. The incomparably great power that is towards us that believe. That power, he says, is according to or to the same degree that he worked in Christ when he raised him up from the dead. And seated us with him. Hallelujah. In the heavenly places. Praise God. Praise God. And Romans 8 verse 11 says that if that spirit that raised Christ from the dead is inside of us, God will quicken that same spirit and make alive, energize your mortal bodies and mind. Hallelujah. So you exercise your oneness with Christ. Whatever God did for Jesus, he will do for me. Whatever God gave Jesus, he will give to me. God didn't give Jesus sickness, so I'm not receiving, I don't believe it. God didn't make Jesus poor, sad, depressed, mad. Now the enemy's in the world and he wants to bring that on people. But I'm saying in this season, let's have a revelation. Because we're one with Christ. We don't have to roll over and receive it. You've got tools, weapons from the word of God that you can fight it. We can resist it. And you can stand strong in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Let me show you one, one final scripture on this and then we'll move on. Romans chapter 5, please. Romans chapter 5, You remember verse 17, what does it say? For if by one man, the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, if by the sin of one man, death could come in, sickness could come in, disease could come in, outbreaks across the earth could come in through that one man, how much more? Come on, let's talk about it this morning. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness rule in life through the same one man, Jesus Christ? Someone say, I'm one with God today. Come on, say it again. I'm one with God today. I'm one with Christ. Exercise your oneness with Christ as his child. Praise God. Let's move on very quickly. How can we live free from fear? How can we live in all this time? Uphold the word. Maintain the word. Write that down. This is number five, I believe, or number six. Number five. Maintain the word. Maintain the word. 
Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 that the word of God, verse 2, will prolong your years. Amen. Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 8 that the word of God will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Joshua 1 and 8 says this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Shall not depart from your mouth. Shall not depart from your mouth. So in this season, we got to keep the word of God in our mouth. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Keep the word of God in your mouth. It's literally, the Bible says, like medicine to your body. Nourishment to your bones. You go to the doctor, he writes your prescription. He tells you take this three times a day. Take, tell, tell you take it four times a day. Tell you take it with food, after food. Tell you to take it half an hour before breakfast. Tell you to take it hopping on one foot. And you're taking it hopping on one foot. Because you're thinking that's going to do me good. That's going to do me right. He's saying I'm going to take three. You set your phone by it. You set your thing by it to make sure you don't forget how much more now. Come on, the word of God is nourishment. It's health to our body. It's quickening our mortal bodies. Take the word, it says, and it will bring health to you and nourishment to your bones. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah and amen. Next one, number six. Maintain a lifestyle of worship in this season. Maintain a lifestyle of worship. Exodus chapter 23, look what it says in verse 25. Exodus 23 and verse 25. Hallelujah. It says, you are to worship the Lord your God. And I, he says, will bless your food, bless your water, and take sickness away from the midst of you. And the number of your days I will fulfill. Look at that. Connection between worship and health. He says, when you worship God, serve no other. I'll bless your bread. I'll bless your water. And I will take sickness from the midst of you. Worship is a powerful thing. You remember the Bible says that God can't stay away from sounds made in his honor. It says he inhabits the praises of his people. So when you start praising and worshiping in this season, God inhabits. You get together with your friend. You have your own PPP, personal praise party. You begin to worship. God will show up. He gets in there because he inhabits the praise of his people. And guess what? If God shows up there, if there was any germ, any disease, any coronavirus that was there, when God shows up, he's going to have to flee. Are you with me? He's going to have to go because Christ cannot dwell with Belial. Light cannot dwell with darkness. Are you hearing me today? So when you lift up, when you maintain praise and worship in this season, it's an open invitation for God to show up. And wherever God shows up, sickness has to flee. Wherever God shows up, the enemy has to bow the knee. Wherever God shows up, it has to leave in Jesus' name. Number seven, exercise wisdom. Exercise wisdom. We shared here at Destiny, for those of you that are watching this by live stream or maybe watching later on, we shared some practical things. Uh, um, taking on board the current health guidelines and uh, all, the, um, all the recommendations of the governments and the nations, wherever you are, exercise wisdom. We've got a protocol in place here to help us in this season. So don't neglect it. Do the normal wise things that you've been told to do. Just like we shared here at Destiny. And for those of you watching wherever you are in the world, your governments will have different protocols and things to help us. Sanitation, washing your hands, using the tissue, everything else. Wisdom. Why wisdom? Because the Bible says that long life is in her right hand. And left for days is in her left. Are you with me? So wisdom helps and we cannot neglect it in Jesus' name. Number eight, very quickly, come on. Be at rest. Someone say rest. rest. 
Come on, say, be at rest. The Bible says that there is therefore now a rest for the people of God. Because he himself has ceased for his labor. Hebrews chapter 9. He ceased for his labor and he has rested. And anyone that trusted in him enters into also that rest. Are you with me here today? Don't be fraught. Don't be nervous. Don't be anxious. Enter into the rest that is yours as a child of God. For he himself has ceased from his labor. He's entered into rest. He's made a place for you. And we enter into that rest with him as well. Hallelujah. Number number eight, number nine, sorry. Refresh yourself daily in God's love. Refresh yourself in God's love. Perfected love, we say, casts out fear. Perfected love drives out fear. So more and major on everything the world is saying, major on his perfected love. When you refresh yourself in God's love, it drives out fear. It casts out fear. It gives no place for fear. And then lastly, keep your focus on Jesus. Amen? Yes. Keep your focus on Jesus in this season, in this time, because God has given us wisdom from his word. He has already defeated sickness and disease. He's defeated the enemy. Hebrews chapter 2 and 14 says that like him, like him, he became flesh and blood. Hallelujah. We also partake of him through our flesh and blood, because by Becoming flesh and blood, I'm paraphrasing, he destroyed him that had the power over death, which is the devil. Are you with me here today? Give the Lord a hand clap. Give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. Give the Lord praise this morning and let's stand to our feet. Thank you for listening to this message and we trust that it has blessed your life. If you would like any further information about Destiny Christian Center, or you would like to partner with us and help us take this gospel message around the world, then please contact us at www.destinychristiancenter.org.